When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey everyone, Matthew Bivens here and welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today we've got something special for you. It is July 22nd and that means it is my birthday. So I thought it would be a lot of fun to replay my conversation with my mom where she shares with me my birth story. So back on Mother's Day of this year, a couple of months ago, Sarah and I had a, a wonderful opportunity to have conversations with both of our parents and have them tell us our birth stories. And we published it on Mother's Day. And so I thought, hey, it's, today's my birthday, and 31 years ago today I was born. So I thought it would be fun to replay my conversation with my mom. So that's what we're going to do, and I really hope all of you enjoy it. Hey, Mom. Hello there. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm doing great. We just put Maya down for a nap, and so this is like a perfect time to, to talk and so, how are you? I am just fine. had a great day at work and just uh, winding down this evening. It's beautiful out, and I'm just going to take the dogs for a walk in a little bit. Awesome. It's like your, your nightly ritual, the dog walk. Yes. <laughs> yes. They, they don't let me forget. No, they don't. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much okay. for uh, for agreeing to jump on a call and share my birth story. I think um, I'm excited because I've only gotten bits of pieces of my birth story from you, and so it's gonna be really cool to hear the whole thing. And you know, what a there's like no better time to do it than than near Mother's Day. So thank you. That's right. You're very welcome. Um, I'm glad to you know share this wonderful story about when you were born when I was 31 years old. Mm, awesome. Well, let's um, share your name real quick, just so everybody knows. Gary Patricia Bivens. Beautiful. Gary Bivens. That's my mom. And yeah. so I'm the first of three. I was the first and the only boy. And so it's myself. It's my sister Dana, 18 months younger than me, and then Carrie, who's five years younger. And so did you always know that you wanted kids? Yes, I did. Always knew I wanted kids. I didn't want them earlier in my 20s. I 
I really wanted that time for myself. And as I got to, um, you know, be approaching 30 around 29 or so, I really did want to get married and have a family. And so at 31, your father and I got married and I had you also when I was 31. Um, we got married in September. I, uh, we got pregnant with you in November and then uh, we had you that July. So it was a very busy year, 19. <laughs> well, 1985, we were married and then we had you in 1986. So that was a yeah, busy it year. Was, it was. Yeah, it was great. It was very nice getting pregnant so easily. That was one, um, you know, one thing that I didn't have to worry about. And I was very grateful about that. Yeah. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Yeah, because, you know, we were we were chatting before we hit record and you, you were just saying how... Um, it isn't the case for, for many families, you know, it, mm-hmm. it adds that dimension of anxiety on top of everything. So, um, you must've passed that on to me because the, the, the ease of getting pregnant, cause Sarah and I got pregnant, uh, you know, very quickly as well, as soon as we began trying. So I appreciate you handing that down. That's, that's great. You're very welcome. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> so, so talk to me a little bit about pregnancy and how you experienced that with me. In, uh, well, in December, uh, you know, I found out that we were pregnant and that first trimester I was very tired, um, you know, just a little bit of nausea, but mostly just exhausted. And then when the second trimester came, it was like a veil lifted, you know, I was felt totally reborn, that tiredness passed and then the pregnancy was just very nice, both in the second and the third trimester. There were no problems. Everything went very, very well. And I was just so relieved not to be so tired. It's so interesting. Like, you know, that's definitely a thing that happens with a lot of of moms. Like, first trimester, you know, it's almost, you can kind of um, map what's going to happen in each of them. Right. Right. I Yeah. First trimester tired, second dri- trimester pretty blissful. And then sometimes for some in the third trimester, there are those aches and pains yeah. with the advancing size of the baby and your abdomen. And, you know, then sleep becomes an issue for some and then some urinating frequently. Um, but for the most part, uh, those were great trimesters and I didn't have any problems at all. Now, did you um, did you have a really big belly? Was it a was I you know a big baby, medium baby, or small baby in your belly? I would say I was average, uh, but I wasn't all baby as you and Sarah were. Um, Sarah was definitely uh, just a baby bump. I had gained 
um, a little bit more weight, uh, not a lot, but a little bit more. And so um, I wasn't huge, but uh, just overall, there was the, you know, the weight gain. Did did people say, oh, I can see your car- the way you're carrying, you're going to have a boy? Like, could could you tell? No, not not really. There weren't too many predictions as far as that was concerned, and um, and uh, your father and I didn't want to know, uh, you know, what you were going to be. So we didn't find out, and of course, we waited until the day you were born on July twenty second. That's so cool. Yeah, wow. that was that was wonderful. That was a very nice surprise, and. Um, if I had to do it all over again, I would do it the same way. How come you, you didn't want to know? Is it because you really wanted that surprise on, on birthday? Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I just didn't want to know. It, there wasn't a priority with, you know, how to decorate or what to buy. That wasn't even something I really considered. Um, you know, I just knew years ago women were, very surprised at, you know, the sex of their, their baby at the time they were born. And I didn't really, I wasn't really interested in getting that information Mm. uh, from the ultrasounds that I did get while I was pregnant with you. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful surprise just, you know, having a boy and um, it was perfect. Hmm. Well, so tell me, when did you first know that you were going into labor? Like, wh- like what were the signs that kicked it off? Um, just, the, you know, just some cramping. Just, you know, the contractions and, and cramping. And I knew it started. Uh, my due date was July 14th. Okay. And so it was July 22nd in the morning and um and I did start feeling some you know cramping and labor contractions I had always been told that you know with uh, the first baby labor can take longer and that there's really of course no rush to get to the hospital you know wait until the contractions become longer and closer together So when I started having contractions, I was just taking my time, took a shower leisurely, shaving my legs, moisturizing, washing my hair. (laughs) And by the time I got out of the shower, I was very uncomfortable. Oh, wow. So I I went into the shower, just uh, the lady of leisure, and I kind of came (laughs) out like, holy smokes, this is not funny this hurts <laughs> so I was a completely different woman as oh, I man. barreled out of the bathroom and um, decided to go to the hospital so this was in the morning correct yes it was in the morning I probably maybe around 11 or so and then probably went to the hospital about one o'clock so when uh, when you got out of the shower and you're like okay so this is this is progressing. We need to we need to get out of here. Yes. What was the mood? Was it like was it like they, you see in the movies where okay we got to go and it's oh my gosh get the bag oh, jump in the car or was it more kind of calm like how were you and dad in that moment? It was it was kind of calm and and I wasn't with Kurt 
he was working. Oh, okay. And um, so we, uh, I got a ride to the hospital uh, with our friend. Her name was Ellen. She worked with Kurt, um, but she was off that day, and she drove me to the hospital. And on the way to the hospital, it was it, it was just I was a completely different person. It, I I was very overwhelmed with how painful it was. Mm-hmm. It totally surprised me. And sitting in the car, just going, I couldn't even get comfortable. I would oh. put the seat back. I'd put the seat up. And she, you know, Ellen never had children, so she was just kind of looking over, like oh, wow. I had an an alien inside of me. She was just kind of wondering what was going on. One one minute I was laying flat, then I'd adjust the seat. I just couldn't get comfortable. And um, so she was glad to drop me off at the hospital Uh, to get get me there. (laughs) How long was the drive? Uh, Not not that long. She didn't live that far away. It might have taken about 20 minutes or so. This was in San Diego. Yeah. And and I guess it's worth mentioning that, um, well, you know, so dad was a doctor. Were you, what, what, were you a nurse at the time or no? Yes. Yeah, you were, I okay. Was at the time. Okay. And he was a resident in plastic surgery, so he was at the hospital and really didn't have the, the liberty of leaving um, his job to come while I was in labor because he was a resident. He was kind of low man on the totem pole, mm. and um, you just can't set your hours and say, oh, got to go. So um, he really wasn't there for most of my labor. Um, But then, of course, he did come um, towards maybe the last third of the time that I was laboring at the hospital, you know, which was great. He, you know, he made it in perfect time and got to be there for, you know, obviously the most important time. So so Ellen gets you to the hospital and. Um, did they come out to, to like greet you out front with a wheelchair or did you like walk we, in there? We came in and, and I was wheeled to the maternity area, the mother baby area. And, um, and there they were, were just trying to check me and get me changed into a hospital gown, get a blood pressure. But every time I had a contraction, I just could not focus. I couldn't mm. sit. I would just stand up and start walking around. I'd pull the blood pressure cuff off my arm because it was uncomfortable. So it was it was kind of hard for them to get um, get me settled. And and they when they did get me settled in my room, they did call um, immediately to have um, the anesthesiologist come and place an epidural, which had been the plan. The whole time, you know, I was planning on having an epidural. And so I really wanted it. I mean, I wanted it even before I got to the hospital. Yeah. And so when I, you know, when I got there, we called, they called the anesthesiologist and they came and placed the epidural. So you mentioned that uh, when the contractions came, you would stand up and walk around. Was that like the most comfortable for you to be walking and moving through the contractions? Yes. Yeah, it was, you know, I just found them so uncomfortable that just to be sitting there just wasn't enough. And and with a blood pressure cuff, um, adding more pressure on my arm, I would just stand, take it off and start walking around. Did you guys do any like um, prep, any 
courses yeah, or we did, any of that stuff? We did the Lamaze uh, okay. class, the Lamaze breathing, and I did that series of classes, um, you know, when I was pregnant, probably when I in the second trimester. It's just that Lamaze didn't prepare me for how painful yeah. the labor actions would be. Um, it really, I mean, it was helpful. You know, you always remember breathing. That's yeah. always, it always becomes the mantra, but I was really overwhelmed with how uncomfortable it was. And so the Lamaze just kind of went out the window mm. and uh, I did rely a lot on the nurses um, and the doctors just trying to, you know, calm me down help me through each contraction. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was definitely a group effort. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can understand that. That's, that's how it was when you were at Maya's birth. It was very much a group effort. So I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the nurse gives you the epidural and then was it like immediate the, relief? The anesthesiologist, anesthesiologist gives, sorry. Uh, gives, gives the epidural and no, unfortunately, the epidural only took on one side. And I've heard that's pretty common. Oh, wow. So instead of, you know, both sides, you know, being knocked out as far as feeling, um, only one side I got relief from the contraction. So um, from the point the epidural was placed to when you were born, I really felt everything on one side. Oh, wow. Uh, which, which was very intense. Um, you know, and very uncomfortable. And, um, but, you know, that's, you know, that's the best that they could do. Um, I'm sure they gave me all the medication they could through the epidural, but it was only numbing one side. Mm. When, um, from, so you got into the hospital, we'd say about one o'clock and, and then, you know, you're going through all of the, the contractions and the epidural and all that. Um, about how long were you laboring? Probably just from that morning, say 11 o'clock, until you were born, I think at like 6.11 in the evening. So really not that long for the first baby, about yeah. seven hours. Wow. And how about the pushing not, through that? How, how not long? Not terribly long. I think that was for about, maybe an hour that took longer i i don't know why but i i guess you know maybe because i was a runner um i remember i remember the obstetrician my obstetrician having his partner come in and help because i guess my perineum was just very tight and they did have to do an episiotomy and um I was, I really pushed a lot to get you out. Um, I got this big old head. I understand it. So, (laughs) so uh, they, uh, yeah, so they were, they were both working together to try to get you out. Um, So there was, there was a lot of pushing. Where was, uh, was dad in the room at that point when the pushing started? Yes. Yeah. He was in the room. And, you know, it, it got, it got pretty intense. I remember my, my blood pressure really dropped at one point and I was hyperventilating just because of, 
the pain. And I remember them, you know, flattening the bed to help raise my blood pressure and putting oxygen on. And I remember I vomited. So, you know, in a matter of, you know, a couple of minutes, there was a, a bit of drama uh, with the way I was feeling physiologically, but, um, you know, they had the oxygen mask on me and, and, and I recovered and just pushed. And then I just remember, I remember when you were born, they basically pulled you out. I remember them pulling Mm. that, that I was kind of lifted off the table, the bed, you know, I just remember them really pulling and getting you out. And I mean, there was no trauma to you or anything, um, not even a mark, but I do remember being literally being pulled off the table oh, wow. as they were pulling. Wow. So they had to pull my, my butt out, mm-hmm. out of there. <laughs> oh, man. So you were born beautiful, eight pounds, three ounces, absolutely beautiful. And, and Kurt and I were overjoyed. And, um, I think from all the pushing that I had done, I developed a hematoma um, somewhere in the, in, I don't know whether it was, like, it was vaginally or somewhere in the retroperitoneal area. I had developed a hematoma and they actually kept me one night extra just to keep an eye on that. They mm. monitored my, um, my blood count. And they just wanted to make sure that that wasn't getting any larger. And I wasn't symptomatic or anything, nothing hurt. But I guess uh, upon um, doing the pelvic examination, they could feel this hematoma. And they wanted to make sure it didn't get any bigger. So I actually spent two nights in the hospital with you, whereas I, you know, just spent one night with Dana and Carrie. Wow. So what what was the... What was the what was it like when I finally came out when they after they had pulled me out? Well, what, what happened after it, that? It was it was just joy. It was it was bliss that it was over. Um, it was joy that you were beautiful and you were healthy and fine. And um, and then a little bit later, just you you know latching on and being able to breastfeed you again with no problem. That was another thing I was very grateful for because again, that, that can also be very problematic for new mothers is for various reasons, not being able to breastfeed either the baby is sleepy and doesn't latch on, or there's a problem with milk production, but uh, it was just easy. It was easy. You just latched on and you were getting what you needed. And it was, there was just no, no problem. Mm. It was very easy. Yeah. And so, it, it was just a, a beautiful two days in the hospital. I was just, I was just euphoric. That's oh. the only word I can explain. <laughs> wow. So they didn't have euphoric. to take me away or anything like that? No, no, not, uh, no, no. You were with me um, most of the time. They did, they did take you away to circumcise you, which is something I wouldn't, I, if I had to do it again, I wouldn't have had you circumcised. I, you know, looking back on that, I don't think that's a very nice thing, good thing to do to baby boys without any anesthetic. Mm. Um, it was 
something that Kurt wanted, I think, you know, being a man and knowing, you know, maybe if you're uncircumcised with a bunch of boys that are circumcised, you look different. Maybe he didn't want that, you know, stigma or whatever, but he wanted you circumcised. And I, I hadn't really, you know, I just, you know, went along with it, but now, you know, knowing that no anesthesia is given, no local anesthesia, I think um, if I did it differently, I would not have had you circumcised and let you decide if you wanted that done yourself and mm. have a surgical procedure where you could have anesthesia and be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah and I have chatted about that uh, for baby number two, if mm-hmm. if baby number two becomes a boy. So it is very mm-hmm. interesting. You know, it's an interesting mm-hmm. uh, conversation and decision to make. Yeah, I just, uh, if there's no way you can help with that pain, I can't see putting an infant through that. And just because they don't remember it uh, doesn't justify doing that. Mm. You know, it is very painful. They do scream. Um, they are bundled up. Um you know, swaddled and bundled while it's done. And um, it's very painful. Makes me hurt and <laughs> just hearing that I right just, now. Yeah, I just, I just wouldn't have done that. that mm. That's probably the only thing I would have done differently yeah. in that whole birth process um, is not, not have been so quick to have you circumcised. Yeah. So after the two days in the hospital... And you're ready to go home. Um, what was that like? Was were there any nerves in the car ride home? Like, how, how did that happen? Who drove? No, um, Kurt drove. Um, it was fine. Um, it's surprising that uh, you know me being a nurse and Kurt a surgeon, we didn't know that a breastfed baby's stool, you know, was so liquidy. So when you would have a bowel movement, you know, it would just be this liquid. And he and I thought you had diarrhea and we were very concerned. We didn't understand why you were having this, you know, liquid stool. And, um, and I called my pediatrician and she explained that that is what the stool would look like. So, uh, you know, we were very much relieved that that wasn't a problem. But it just surprises me how, you know, that was just something that we weren't aware of. Um, You know, I was aware of breastfeeding and the importance of latching on and everything. And then once it was done, I didn't I didn't know that the you know, the bowel movements would look different. And so we were both very dismayed and worried when, you know, for a couple of days you would have these liquid stools. We thought mm. you were having diarrhea. We were very concerned that you would, would get dehydrated. And then it turned out that there was nothing. Oh, that doesn't sound fun. So just having that that uh like not really knowing and being concerned, but Right. Right, right. Just for a couple of days. We had a lovely pediatrician and she she said, No, that's that's totally normal. And so that was it. Wow. You know, that was that was our crisis, and then everything after that, you know, just went fine. Did you have any help at home in the in the days after I was born? 
No. Um, Kurt's mother came out, and she stayed for maybe a week. Like right um, after, or how long after? I think... I'm trying to remember. I I think she came very shortly after uh, I came home. And actually, we weren't even at home. We weren't at our home. We were actually staying at Ellen's house with her husband. We uh, hadn't closed on our condo. Oh, and wow. so uh, was nice. We <laughs> nice of them. Actually, yeah. So we actually were staying at their house because they were going to be vacationing uh, for about two weeks. So we were at their house. I think the day that she left for vacation was the day that I went into labor. And um, that's why she took me to the hospital. But um, I know. So, uh, so Kurt's mother arrived, I think, you know, a day or two when I got home. No, I, I didn't have help. And I didn't think, I needed help and I didn't really want any help. I, I, I guess I was just so happy um, that you were just so beautiful and so perfect that um, I was very sore. Um, I do remember that I was extremely, you know, to sit down. It was very uncomfortable, Yeah. but I, 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 I think, you know, Kurt's mother made, would make dinner and um and that was nice just being able to you know sit down and have dinner but no i um i i moved out to california when you were eight months pregnant when i was eight months pregnant with you um the first place i went to was a bed and breakfast that a co-worker of kurt's at this hospital where he was doing his residency had just opened um i stayed there for a week uh, almost a week by myself. This was while he was driving cross country, moving to you know California. This was in June. This is from New York. Stayed correct? there it's, it's from New York. So I stayed at this bed and breakfast by myself uh, with our two cats. I flew <laughs> out with them, um, and then Kurt arrived, and then we moved into faculty housing at UCSD San Diego campus. We lived there, I think, for a month. And then from there, we went to Ellen's house, um, and and that's when I went into labor and had you. So um, it was, after that, it was just very nice getting to our condo and just getting really settled as a family with the three of you, but, um, you know, with the three of us, but I didn't, um, I didn't feel I needed help because I didn't have any help. So Mm. it wasn't something that I missed and it wasn't something I felt I needed. I think I was so grateful for how beautiful and perfect you were that, I didn't feel I was missing anything. I felt I had everything I needed, which which I did. Yeah. I had everything I needed. Was uh, was that that first you know month of parenthood what you thought it was going to be? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Just you know, basically the breastfeeding, you know, getting up often. 
Uh, I wasn't working, you know, of course, you know, during those first couple of months. So it was fine. Um, you know, Kurt was able to, you know, go to work and do what he needed to do. And I was, you know, happy to be at home and taking care of you. So, yeah, it was fine. That was fine. That's awesome. I love hearing that. That's a, I, I really, like I said, I've only heard bits and pieces of that story and, and to hear the whole thing connected together is really, yeah, it's really sweet. Good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you liked that story. It was, yeah. it was a beautiful, a beautiful experience for us. I'm, I'm incredibly happy and grateful that, you know, you were such a big part of, um, of, of Maya's birth and, you know, our pregnancy and, you know, you were able to, you know, cause, cause we live 30 minutes away from one another. So, you mm-hmm. were, we were able to, to be together often, and then you were here for, for Maya's pregnancy. So it's really, I don't know, what was that like for you, kind of coming full circle 30 years later? Uh, it was, I was very, I was very humbled, you know, coming to your house that morning when Sarah was in labor, probably around the same time that I started labor around, I guess I got there about, well, well, actually, it was earlier. I, I must have gotten there around 8 or 8.30 or so. Um, it just the whole atmosphere in the room was very, it was very solemn. Uh, it was quiet. And uh, just, you know, walking in there and seeing Sarah laboring uh, in, in the tub, in the, you know, in the, the baby swimming pool, I was, very impressed and, and humbled at how she was handling the contractions and the whole mood of um, her labor. It was, it was wonderful. It's something I will always remember and always cherish. And it, it was just an amazing, unforgettable experience. Yeah. You've had, um, you know, having three kids of your own and being there for your, your your granddaughter's birth, you've got a lot of those pretty incredible, unforgettable experiences, I imagine. Right, right, exactly. One, one of the things that I, that like hearing my birth story, the fact that you had planned on an epidural, you were kind of counting on the epidural, and you got it, but it only half took, so you had right. to just deal with it basically deal with not you know it not going the way that you wanted like that right. had to have been a challenge because you're expecting all this relief you're expecting all this all these things and you're you, you've prepared for it and then it doesn't go that way and so now right. i'm like man my mom is you know i knew you were a badass but i'm like man my mom's a major badass yeah and since that happened you know i've heard of that happening to a lot of women yeah. where the epidural only takes on one side. That's not very uncommon. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was disappointing, and I think it, it definitely contributed, you know, to my hyperventilating and probably a little bit of panicking yeah. while I was in, you know, having those frequent contractions and transitioning uh, because it was so uncomfortable, you know, on that one side. I basically... Did feel everything, mm. but it you know it 
it turned out fine. So, yeah. it, and you know, fortunately, I did have the wonderful nurses and doctors just you know helping me through and doing what they needed to do, and you know, and ha- you know having you arrive safely and healthy, and so it was fine. It mm. did. It did though. Um, it did have an effect on me when I was pregnant with Dane and Carrie, though the anticipation of oh, labor yeah. was not very um, savory for me. And uh, with Dana, I actually got an epidural before I even started labor. I happened to be dilated without um, having contraction. Oh, wow. um, again, I, I was overdue with Dana, so it was the day before Thanksgiving, and the doctor just said, oh, let's just go in and today and have this baby. And so when I got to the hospital, they just put the epidural in before I even had contractions. And so I had her without feeling a thing. And, uh, and so that was amazing. And then with Carrie, I just had some contractions, you know, some labor pains, but uh, got the epidural. And then, you know, the birth was fine. Wow, so I was the one who brought all the drama, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, most of it, yeah, definitely. Oh definitely man, definitely most of it. I guess right. that's the that's the first. You don't uh, you don't know what to expect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. Well, mom, thank you so much. Thank you so much for for again mm-hmm. um, taking this time to share this story with me. Like that's I don't know, that's awesome. I I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for you for for all that you have done and you continue to do for me and Sarah and Maya. And, you know, this is, this is special for me. Okay. I'm, I'm so glad we have this recorded. It will always be our little history. And, uh, I'm very glad that you have the complete birth story now. And of course, uh, anything else you can think of, we can always add to this interview down the road. Oh, wonderful. And uh, maybe okay. you can uh, grab some of those early, see if you can find any early photos. I'd love to to check those out next time I come over. Sure. Cool. Sure. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Mom. Okay. I, I love All you. Right. And happy Mother's Day. Okay. Thank you, Matthew. I love you, too. Bye-bye. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.